Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Real Talk About Feminism. We are giving you some sex tips today from your older sisters. Sex ed lesson. No judgment here. We are just wanting to share some knowledge because there's a lot of people, number one, that don't get the sex talk, which we're not going to talk about the birds and bees today. So let's hope you guys know Yeah. That. If you don't know that, then pause and ask someone trusted. <laughs> don't Google it. Um, you could. But um, anyways, so once you're caught up, we're going to talk about just some tips um, other than just what is sex. And just things to keep in mind. Yeah. Just to take care of yourself. Yeah, because there's so much, like, first off, in our society, in general, since it is a patriarchal society, the outdated abstinence rule that doesn't apply, like, Yes, we all know that the best way to prevent pregnancy is abstinence. But, like, because in schools we don't really talk about anything other than that, there's a lot of unknowns. And it can be kind of scary. So we're going to navigate that today. I want to first share a join the discussion submission that we got. This person said, if you start a book club, I'd love to join. I'm recovering from trauma caused by being raised in a fundamentalist Baptist home. So much of what you discuss resonates with me too. Thank you for all your content. Aww. That's so nice. Thank you. Thank but you. speaking of the book club, we're getting everything ready. We are hard at work. I am so excited for it. We're going to have one book that we read every three months. So first session is going to be January through March. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have information on our stories on Instagram about how to sign up and how to get involved. So make sure you're following us there because that's pretty much where all the updates are going to be. Yeah. Um, it was so funny because yesterday when I was do- working on it, I was like just trying to come up with a name for like the first book we're reading. And I was like, hmm, I can't do like Q1 book club read. I know. That sounds so corporate. Right. Like I was like, oh, that's so corporate. So, um, but anyways, yeah, we are going to be reading a really great book. It's one that's been on my list for a while. I know on your list as well. Mm-hmm. And we thought, why not read it together? So I'm so excited. Yeah. It's very low commitment. The one book that we read over three months, there's only going to be three Zoom meetings, one every month. You don't have to join. We're also going to have a Facebook group where you can share your thoughts and we can engage with each other there, but you can make it what you want. Obviously, we'd love for you to be there, but if you're more of like an introvert or like can't make it to the meeting or something, totally fine. We're still reading it together. Yes, exactly. Um, So yeah, stay tuned for more information and thank you to our listener who submitted that. Yes, thank you so much. Shall we get into our obsession? Yes. So mine is actually 2024, but specifically the podcast for 2024, because I feel like we've done some really great things this year, and I'm very excited to have our big meeting and prep for next year and get inspired and do our vision boarding. So that's my obsession. I've been thinking about that a lot. I love that. I feel like every business or project or initiative, whatever, I feel like it can kind of go through a period where it's very building, foundational. And I feel like that's been this year because we did our very first um, 
course slash group this summer. Um, we presented our first workshops. And so like, there was a lot of firsts for us this Definitely. year. And so I'm, I agree. I'm excited for 2024. So my obsession is, my obsession is the reading journey as it relates to movies. And let me, let me expand. So we went and saw recently, we saw The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes and we read the book before. So did mom. And then our friends are going to read it now. Um, but I was just feeling so nostalgic when we were sitting in the theater. And I was like, I remember going and seeing all the Hunger Games. Like, I just remember how groundbreaking and life-changing it was. It was. And last night I got that. And when we went and saw Songbirds and Snakes, that's the first book I've read in a while that I went and saw a movie about it. And I was just like, wow, this is so fun. Because I was like, as I was watching, I was like, oh, like, I had so many thoughts and opinions. And I was just like, I, I have this authority to have those opinions because I read the book. <laughs> Literally. So yeah, I don't know. I just really liked that. I don't even know how to sum it up. But I just liked that feeling. I like that. Yeah. That's it was a obsession. very good movie. It was a good movie. Yeah. And now I'm like perpetually on Songbirds and Snakes TikTok where I'm just seeing theories and things they missed from the book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that. <laughs> well, so since I think because that's like the first book I've read in a while that kind of movie made about it, I like everything in the movie. I was like, mm, they didn't develop this. They didn't. I like, know. And so I think I was being a little too nitpicky because I would rate the movie like a seven. If you haven't read the book, I think it's a really well done movie. Yeah. I mm, I still thought it was well done, even though I read the book. Oh, for, I did too. Because it was so long and they packed so much in, as much as they could. Yeah. Right? So I feel like if you have never read any of the books, it sets a really good foundation for the Hunger Games series. Yeah, it does. And you get to see, like, Snow's backstory and everything. It's just not as developed as if you read all the books. I agree. I want to say something. Spoiler. Okay. Th this is spoiler. It's been out long enough. Yeah. Sorry. Skip if you don't want to. I, one thing I will say that I think they did really good at developing, especially towards the end, because, like, it kind of ramped up, but the downfall of Snow, and you could see how violent he was turning. Yeah. And I think they did a really good job illustrating that, like, how not necessarily quickly he turned towards violence, but kind of. Like, it was very much in his nature almost. And so when Tigress was like, oh, you look just like your father, it was like, it all just wrapped it up. I don't know. It did. That's such a good point. Okay, now I'm like, we got to talk about yeah. this. Um, I agree. Because in the book, it even kind of felt rushed where you're like, all of a sudden he's turning and I don't love that. Yes. So and it felt unprovoked at times. Yes. And that's where I feel like they did a better job kind of illustrating that in the movie. Mm -hmm. But some of the things like, for example, for me personally, I think that in the movie, the Lucy Gray and Coriolanus love story felt really rushed. I know in the book it was fast, but it just felt really rushed. Like she was, she wasn't so trusting of him right away. It's not that she wasn't trusting, but she wasn't, like, as trusting as in the movie. 
No, I disagree. Really? Because immediately when I was reading the book, I was like, I sense the romance. I sense the chemistry. I sense the trust. Like they both know what they could get out of each other. And they also have that level of physical attraction and like intrigue and mystery. And that's like Lucy Gray's whole thing is like, she's a mystery. Yeah. So I actually think it matched the book really well. That's good. I liked, um, I really liked how they portrayed Lucy Gray just like in the book. Exactly. And that's like one book. thing that you could get annoyed at easily if you haven't read the book. Because, like, they portrayed her exactly as she was written. Right. And that's the thing about Lucy Grace. She set the tone for The Hunger Games. She is the reason people wanted to watch and why it became such a big hit. And she was a performer through and through. Mm -hmm. So that set the stage for why every other Hunger Games after the 10th Hunger Games is about performance and about putting these tributes up on a pedestal and making you fall in love with them and get attached to them. Yeah. So if you don't read the book, you're not going to get that aspect. I know. it's so... That's like a main part of it. Yeah. She turned the games into the games. Exactly. Because no one was watching. And that's no. why they were like, oh, we're going to do some, we're gonna do mentors. Exactly. Because we need people to watch. And she was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Okay. We, we won't get on it too long. I just... Yeah. I, I really liked that um, engagement, I guess, that I, I had in myself. Like, I was so engaged in it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. No, I did like that too. Yeah. One other thing. Let me say this one thing. How you mentioned like Coriolanus's downfall. Yeah. Okay. So Tigress is always calling him Corio and Mm -hmm. she's always like trying to get him to not be like his dad or saying like, you are your own person. Yeah. I saw a TikTok about this. It put it together for me. And then at the end when he walks in and he's like looking all like dapper and like fine and Mm -hmm. well-dressed and she's like, oh, Coriolanus, you look just like your father. And she's Mm -hmm. like kind of disappointed. And you can, like, feel that she's, like, kind of worried and she's seeing it. Oh, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. No, it was very apparent throughout the whole thing, which I think they did a good job at, of, like, how worried Tigress was and how she could see everything. Yeah. Like, it broke my heart when she was like, you are good. You are good. You can be good. I was like, um, I wanted more Hunter Shaver. <laughs> I loved Hunter Shaver I as Tigress. I so good. I was like, this is exactly how I would imagine Tigress. Yes. Like, down to the looks and everything. Yep. Yep. Um, last thing I'll say, it's just very interesting how when we look at, like, Katniss and Snow, like, Snow is the one that created the problem, basically, right. you know? Right. So I'm just like, ah. I know. I love that. I'm like, came back to bite you. I know. You're horrible. <laughs> I know. I haven't done this since we watched it. <laughs> I wonder where that, oh wait, did Kat, Katniss didn't come up with that. No, that that's like a, a rebel, like yeah, District 12 or something. Anyways, so yeah, those are our obsessions. <laughs> I just love the Hunger Games. You're right. It did feel very nostalgic. Very nostalgic. Yeah. Like this is my childhood coming together. Mm-hmm. All right. Today's feminist highlight is Junko Tabei. She was a Japanese alpinist who became the first woman to scale Mount Everest and to ascend the highest summit of every continent. She was five feet tall and weighed 92 pounds. Oh my gosh. She made the 29,029 feet ascent of Everest in May 1975 as a 35-year-old co-leader of a 15-woman expedition guided by six Sherpas. Her training consisted of conquering treacherous ice and snow and reaching the top of the highest peaks in 70 nations. According to the New York Times, quote, 
the feat was hailed not only as a triumph of physical fortitude, but also as a milestone for women, both in a field dominated by men and in a society in which Tabei said, even women who had jobs, they were asked just to serve tea. She died in 2016 when she was 77 years old. Wow. That's a lot of accomplishments. I was obsessed with that because that's a new area that we've talked about, like alpining. That's so cool. Yeah. And she led the all-female expedition with the, I think the Sherpas were male, but she led the expedition yeah. of Everest. Yeah, that's really cool. That's very impressive. Kudos to kudos to her. Yes. We're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's 2023, and it's time to really prioritize our mental health this year. No matter where you are in life, everyone can benefit from therapy. Whether you need to work through trauma or just need a safe person to talk to, BetterHelp is here for you. BetterHelp is the world's largest online therapy service. Get matched with a professional licensed therapist in your state who you can trust. BetterHelp has options to communicate with your therapist via chat, email, or video, and you can message them at any time to get help. BetterHelp is giving our listeners 10% off if you sign up using the link in our show notes. If you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, grief, or just need someone to talk to, try BetterHelp today by clicking the link in our show notes or go to betterhelp.com slash rtafpod to get 10% off today. All right, let's get into our... <laughs> Sex talk. <laughs> yeah, sex let's, ed. let's get into our our little sex ed. So, I think the most important thing that it, it should be said first, and it might seem obvious, but it's not. Consent is the most important thing, and consent is at any time can be taken away. I just want to make that clear. Something we're not really taught growing up is that sex is not just a penis going in a vagina. Right. There's so many different types of sex. Right. And in a book called Becoming Cliterate. I was um, going to bring that up. Yeah. They, in the very beginning, she talks about how the, the term sex doesn't mean what we use it as. And that's really hard to break. but. Basically, there's what we're referring to when we talk about sex is intercourse. Yes. But that's not, first of all, inclusive at all because there's not just penis and vagina. There's a lot more. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to recognize that there's different types of sex. What I was going to bring up in Becoming Cliterate was that everyone kind of has a different idea of what sex can mean. Like, some people say, like, oh, we hooked up, and they're referring to, like, we 69 or, like, he went down on me or something. But then somebody else can be like, that's not sex. Mm -hmm. Like, did you guys actually have sex? But to that person, that's sex. It's oral. Yeah. So changing our language about what sex actually is can help people understand it a little bit more, I think. And also, I like how you brought up the inclusivity factor. because. There are many couples who are not just a man and a woman, right? There's a lot of different types of intercourse you can have, a lot of different types of sex you can have. So that's important to know. And we don't ever hear that growing up. Yeah. And I think going along with that, it's also like decreasing the importance that virginity has. When we think about virginity, 
that is also a term that's really only the way we define it in society. It's really only inclusive for like heterosexual relationships because we look at like, Oh, are you a virgin? Meaning has someone put their penis inside your vagina, you know, or the other way around, have you put your penis inside a girl's vagina? But that that's not taking your virginity for every single situation. And so I also, in some of the sources that um, we reference in this episode that are in the show notes, I really liked the emphasis on just not looking at virginity as one thing and really just taking the importance of virginity away because it doesn't, first off, it doesn't matter anymore. And second off, it's not even used in a way that's inclusive. Yeah, I was going to say we really should just do away with it or not put so much emphasis on it because the first time you have sex or have any sexual experiences that is a big deal that's a defining moment for you so it's always going to have some importance but distancing ourselves from the term and like putting so much emphasis on it Mm -hmm. would be more inclusive right because like if you look at losing your virginity as um having intercourse like heterosexual intercourse then what about people who experience sex in a different way right you know so um yeah that was just something I wanted to start out with because I think it's important to look at the terms that we're using to describe these different things another big thing that we want everyone to know is the importance of testing and I think that if you if you're raised with abstinence being taught then you don't learn about how often you should get tested. You might not even learn that you do need to get tested. Um, So that's really important. The general rule is that you need to get tested between every three partners. I don't know how many months. If if it's either like every three partners or every like six months or Mm so-ish. But the important thing to remember is to take care of yourself. So if it's been a while or you've had multiple partners, it really should be two to three that you're getting tested, then you need to be on top of that because you might not be symptomatic, but guess what? Some STDs are not symptomatic Mm -hmm. and then you don't know. Right. And then you could pass it on to someone else, you know, um, on top of you having it. So it's very important to get tested. I will say if you are a minor or if you're on your parents' insurance and you don't want them to see that you're getting tested, there you have to look up the laws in your state. But most states, once you turn 13, you have the right to get on birth control and get tested, um, get prenatal care without your legal guardian or whoever's insurance you're under without them knowing. Um, so that is an option. So even if you are a minor and you're, you don't want to tell your parents, but you think you need to go get tested or you know that you need to go get tested, there's ways you can do it. Just look up the laws in your state and try and, I would say try and find a Planned Parenthood. I agree. That's always a go-to and they're in every state. So keep all of these in mind because the whole point of this episode is to just take care of yourself. Like it's you at the end of the day. You need to really be aware of the interactions that you're having with other people because 
a lot of people are very trusting and before a sexual experience will say like, have you been tested? Have you, you know, hooked up with anyone recently or done anything? And of course people are going to say no and you hope they're being truthful, but you got to take care of yourself at the end of the day. There's a lot of free resources. And if you are a minor, like Haley said, that's a very valid concern, but there are resources for you. If you literally Google like free STD testing center near me, there should be some that pop up. And you might even be able to get one that will mail you a kit. Yes. Yep. So yeah, there's options. Um, Just don't be afraid to do your research and look into it because like you were saying, at the end of the day, it is you. And I, something that when you said that I was thinking like growing up in when, where abstinence was taught, I didn't really realize that I could be empowered in my own sexual health and Mm -hmm. just like sexual encounters in general. And I always just kind of thought of it as like something that always depends on someone else. but. I really like that you focused on at the end of the day, it is you. Because even if you're in a relationship, if you're, let's say you don't pee after sex and you get a UTI, that's you having to deal with it. If you're hooking up with someone and you get an STD or or an STI, at the end of the day, you're the one that has to deal with it. And so even if you're in a happy, healthy relationship, long-term, you're married and you're with the same partner, at the end of the day, your sexual health and your sexual experience is 100% up to you. I love that point. And so I feel like that's just kind of like a more empowering way to look at it. Like I am taking control of this and I know I need to get tested. So I'm going to go get tested. I'm going to be strong about my partner using protection. Yes. You know, like we'll, we'll get into all that, but I just really liked that point that you made. I absolutely love that. I am going to speak in like generalizations here, but very commonly, like at colleges, for example, or like younger demographics who are like just out of the house in social groups, you know what I'm getting at. It can kind of be seen as like cool to Mm -hmm. like, I don't care. No, I'm fine. Nothing's going to happen to me because we all have that attitude. I'm invincible. Nothing's going to happen. I trust him. He respects me. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) You cannot believe anything. I'm sorry. You cannot. Mm -hmm. And again, put yourself first, right? It's not cool to not take care of your sexual health and your health overall. It can do long lasting damage. To go off of that, I want to, and again, this is a generalization, but this is a very common situation. Um, so like if you are, let's say you are in the hookup scene or you're um you're fresh into college and let's just be real, everyone's hooking up. Okay. So in this with example, each other. Yes. <laughs> in this example, we're talking about in college, everyone's hooking up with each other. We're going to be so honest because this is the sex talk from your older sister, (laughs) but the guys that are hooking up with you, they don't care about you. This is for all our girlies out there. Yes. This is for our girlies. If you are hooking up with a bunch of different guys, at the end of the day, they don't care about you. 
And they're not going to care about if they give you an STD, if they used a condom last time they hooked up, like they're not going to care about any of that because they don't care about you at the end of the day. And that's the really sad reality that a lot of us have to learn is like, I mean, I've been in that situation, like realizing they literally don't care. Right. Because at the end of the day, they're there for a hookup and you're there for a hookup too. Right. It goes both ways. Right. But if you don't advocate for yourself, they're going to walk all over you. In some cases, even when you advocate for yourself, they're still going to walk all over you. Mm -hmm. So just be really aware of like who you are. I believe you're like giving a part of yourself. Like it is sex, not saying you have to have a connection with somebody to partake in it, but you are giving a big piece of yourself to somebody. You're exchanging that energy in the moment. Mm -hmm. So be aware of who you're allowing into your space. That's really what it is. Yeah. No, that is so true. And so, yeah, I do think that's important to remember. And it is harsh it's the harsh reality um but just don't fall into that trap of like oh I'm different I'm the only one he's hooking up with or you're not sorry yeah you're not you're just not (laughs) if you're like like Haley said if you're in the hookup scene if you're casually dating you're not if you're in a committed relationship different this is strictly like hooking up yeah yeah so I think making that note is really important because again we're not shaming anyone. We're not judging anyone. There's a lot of wrong information. There's a lot of misconceptions out there. Um, and a lot of things that we just don't learn, but that's like, if you can take anything away from this episode, number one thing is have the respect for yourself to make sure you're using protection to make sure that you're being safe. Like all of that, make sure that you're watching your energy too, because speaking from personal experience, I hated the hookup scene. I absolutely hated it. It was fun at first and then it was exhausting and not fulfilling in any way. So watch your energy Mm -hmm. because like the second you start to feel like, what is this actually doing for me? I'm not coming. Mm -hmm. It's not enjoyable. They don't care. We have sex and he leaves. That's literally it. Mm -hmm. So not saying there's anything wrong with that. We're not shaming anyone. It's totally fine. I don't care. I want you to be empowered in your sexual health and your self-confidence and your self-esteem and self-respect. Yes. Take care of yourself because like Ken said, at the end of the day, you're all you've got. Exactly. So I love that you said that. This kind of segues us into protection. Yes. I am going to slap anyone who does not use protection. I personally will slap you. I'm sorry. If you are hooking up with people, you better have protection. I will say famous quote. I'm your older sister. That's coming from your older sister. That's coming from your older sister. And coming from a Dr. Phil enthusiast, (laughs) Dr. Phil always says, are you, uh, like, if you're not using protection, you're trying for a baby. But it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's true. Like, you, uh, you can be on birth control and not use a condom. Right. Right. But you know, the, it, it's dramatic, but the general but idea, yes. like it is true. Like if you are, and I'm saying hookups again, mm-hmm. if you're hooking up with people and you're not using protection, first off, incredibly dangerous and risky for pregnancy, but also STDs and STIs. 
condoms are the best way to protect against STDs and STIs. So if you're not doing that, imagine the guy that you just hooked up with and then you didn't use a condom. He's probably hooked up with at least another girl that week, if not within the last month. If we're looking at that college hookup scenario, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like you're now basically touching genitals with so many other people because there can be so many STDs and STIs transferred through that, you know? Aside from the risks, I also think it's just a really helpful exercise, if I'll say, to like set boundaries Mm -hmm. and to, again, give yourself that respect. I am worth more than risking this with you because it's the heat of the moment and I want to have sex with you. Mm -hmm. I'm worth more than that. Right. Right. You need to picture this person being involved in your life for the rest of your life. If you were to get pregnant. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So like nothing wrong with hooking up and having sex. Just be safe. Just be safe. Exactly. Because even like, even though we're so young, even just like, if I look at, okay, if I look at when I was a freshman in college, which I went to a church school, so this is different, but <laughs> if I look at from when I was a freshman in college to now, and I look at, like, things, like, let's say reckless things that I used to just do and be, oh, it's not going to happen to me. Yep. You know, like, we all think that. About so many things. About so many things. But even now, I'm like, okay, four years later imagine if I had gotten pregnant at 18 and now I would have a four-year-old child and I probably wouldn't be doing any of this. Yeah, it really puts it into perspective. I will say though, we are your older sisters. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to learn this on their own, right? Like I had to go through my little hookup phase to like (laughs) learn some very important things and like really set boundaries. Right. And also just like, respect myself more like I was just like what what benefit is this to me right and most of the times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know what you're gonna say most of the times guys would try and just ignore the condom thing and things would start getting hot and heavy and I'd reach in my nightstand and I'd pull it out oh really yes really yeah you really. know what looking back I should have had the self-respect to say get out of my freaking apartment but I didn't, and I've learned that lesson. But yeah, it's all the time. Yeah, it is true. Like, you do have to learn certain lessons on your own because that it does become more powerful, you know? It does. Um, but yeah, we just speaking from your older sister perspective, you are worth more than that. So if a guy is going to even say one little thing against wearing a condom, then he is not worth your time. Yeah, you're out. I don't care if it's the heat of the moment. I don't care. Yeah. Do not give your time. Yeah, to just, him. just don't, don't waste your time. Because pulling out is just not enough for pregnancy prevention. But like, again, the STD, SCI thing, who wants that? We're kind of getting passionate about like being big on like setting boundaries and self-respect but that's really what it is like I think remember when we did our sex ed lesson for kindergartners yeah people were up in arms about that yeah it's kind of the same thing with the consent like you can teach 
the setting boundaries thing from such a young age and that will carry over. But I just think it's so important to be empowered in your sexual health. And that is, that comes from like setting boundaries, respecting yourself, really taking an inventory of what you want and what benefit it is to you because everyone's so different. Yeah. So just be safe at the end of the day. I like that. And I agree with that. At the end of the day, all of these tips or like guidelines will come easier if you recognize your self-worth and you're on that like self-love, self-worth journey because it really does change a lot of stuff. Definitely. And it sounds like we're saying like you have to have a connection if you want to have sex. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. We're talking about yourself. I don't care if you're hooking up with hundreds of guys. I don't care. I care that you are realizing this is exactly what I want. I don't feel pressured in any way. I don't feel like I need to do this. I truly want to do this because I enjoy it and yeah. sex is fun for me. And I, he wears a condom every time mm-hmm. or else he leaves. Yeah. And I don't allow it to happen. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, one thing about the condoms that Haley actually taught me, something that I never heard growing up and I'm sure many other people didn't, but make sure that you're using the correct lube with condoms, with toys, because depending on like what kind of toys you have or um, the lube that you're using, it can break down latex and other properties. Yeah. So yeah, you want to make sure like if you're using a toy to get one that's silicone friendly, a lube, and then if you're using condoms, coconut oil will break the condoms. Anything oil-based. Yes, anything oil-based. So coconut oil, any lube that is oil-based, you need to use water-based lube with a condom. Yes. So that's an important note that we wanted to share. Yes. I will share a personal experience. I, like I mentioned, I didn't know this, used coconut oil with a lube and the condom broke and I had to take a plan B. So it was very scary. Yeah. So speaking from experience, and that's something, again, I've been pondering on how did I even know that? I don't really know. I think I just came across it while Googling. Um, But yeah, that's like something so random that you, a lot of people probably wouldn't even know. Yeah. So that's why we're sharing. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, like things happen, but moving forward, we know that water-based lube with condoms is the way to go. Right. Just definitely pay attention to what brand, what type it is, the ingredients, all of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. I think the last thing that we wanted to touch on is that, um, and this kind of goes with relationship to self Mm -hmm. and, you know, your self-worth and everything like we were talking about and your relationship to yourself. But masturbation is completely healthy and normal and it's not something that's really talked about for women but it is very important if not the most important type of sexual encounter Mm -hmm. in my opinion because you're the one that knows what feels good and how are you going to know that unless you explore it because there's a lot of foreign stuff down there. And so like men can't be expected to know everything and know exactly how to please us. And our anatomy, everyone's anatomy individually is like so 
different and like nuanced and stuff. So like you should have that relationship with yourself first at the end of the day. I love that. Our whole theme is like self-love in this episode. I know. But I really do love that because it can be weird, Mm -hmm. but it has made my sex life so much better. I will say like, I know what I like. And so I can communicate that. We also never really learn about how important communication is during sex. I just thought of that. Yeah. So plugging for that, we could do a whole episode on that. I know. But it's so important. And like masturbating helps you to learn how to communicate with a partner. Right. Exactly. And also just, I think, helps you feel more comfortable in general. Definitely. Like, because then you're not going into it with like, as this for foreign thing, like, because I think for women especially since it is harder for a lot of women to have an orgasm if we just go into it thinking okay like we're gonna have sex the guy's gonna finish and then that's it like if you don't know what gets you there then it's gonna be a lot harder you know definitely definitely and if you're able to communicate or like touch yourself during sex like that closes the orgasm gap that becoming clitorate mentions Mm -hmm. so there's so many important aspects about it and it right it just adds so many positive layers to someone's sex life and like you said like your relationship with yourself right so yeah that's kind of do you have any other tips or anything that you want to share I think that was like the main one for me I think solo sex is very important Yeah. I don't have anything else. I mentioned the communication. That's really important to me. I think aftercare is really important as well. Yes. When, especially when you're in a relationship. Yeah. So we talked a lot about like single hooking up and everything. I think a lot of people when they're single and they're exploring and like casually dating and hooking up, that helps you to like learn a lot about yourself too. Yeah. And what you want when you're in a relationship. On top of what you just said, the last thing I'll add is that pornography is not meant to teach you what sex is and how to have sex. Yeah. How did we not even talk about that? Yeah. Very quickly. We've all heard. I think it just promotes so many myths about sex it's never going to be like that. It's never going to be like in porn. It's never going to be like in movies because we're all human and there's a lot of fluids and different things that happen that are not portrayed in the media. Right. Like things can slip. Things can (laughs) be awkward sometimes. Yeah. Like it's, and honestly, like, I think that's the, if you're in a relationship, I think that's, the fun part about sex sometimes like you know you're hot heavy in the moment and then something silly happened maybe you queef or something and it's just like you just laugh you know it happens to me all the time where my boobs will like make farting noises and you Mm -hmm. just like chuckle and move on like I love that right like it's like when you look at if you look at pornography as a lesson in what sex is you don't see those very healthy aspects of sex where like we're human and And things happen that are normal and not to be shamed about. Right. There's, there's, like you said, there's fluids, there's, you get sweaty noises, there's weird noises. You might not be loving a position. And like, 
you might just want to be like, okay, this isn't working, you know, like that happens. And so I think that's a really important lesson too. Pornography isn't a representation of what sex is. If you are going to watch it, then just go into that knowing it's not a representation of healthy sex, I guess. Yeah. I've changed a lot of, not really changed. I've like thought about and pondered and adjusted my opinions about porn. I don't, think it's a problem if you're gonna watch it but especially when you're younger and you're like first having sexual experiences and like first hooking up and having sex like just know that yeah because porn is such a common thing in our society like if that's all that you know about sex your view on it is going to be so warped so just keep that in mind right yeah I think that's important and don't feel like you have to be something you're not or act a certain way or say certain things or do certain things just because you saw somebody do that. Like just do what feels best for you. Exactly. Yeah. I think that sums up our sex talk from your older sisters. Hopefully you guys found this helpful. If you guys have questions, please submit them to our, um, our link in the show notes and we can address them on a different episode or if we get enough, we can do a part two. Um, or if you have other tips you want to share too, because there's so many, like we just learned these things over the years, right? So anything that you would want to share too. Yeah. Join the discussion. (laughs) Join the discussion. Yes. Linked in the show notes. All of our socials are also there. If you're interested in book club, follow us on Instagram. We're going to have all our updates there and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye guys. Bye.